Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 63 of the Everything Motor Racing Podcast. So, 63, Jacob, which riders we got? <laughs> so, there's only one that comes to mind at the minute, old Prosecco Bagnaia. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what a clown. Yeah, like. that's a bit of a nightmare for a uh, bit of a nightmare for Ducati that week, to be honest. All the last week. Yeah. Yeah, fine because it it's fine. It's never happened anyway, because he's deleted all his social media apologies. So technically it never really happened. So Oh really? You know. Yeah, so just brush it under the rug, innit? Decay, just move on. That's Don't a that funny move. Jenner. Okay. Yeah, it's decay for you. Um but other sixty threes, Jacob, have you got any? Oh my god, my voice. I cracked. feel like so far Redeem was sixty three. Yeah, Farmy Carradine is correct. And that's about it. You got Asman. <laughs> yeah. Um got David Pinstripe. No, not Pinstripe. What is his name? Yeah, David e, David David A Stripe races in uh, he did super sport for a little while. Okay. Italian. I believe you. And then if you want to go F one as a you're George Russell. Yeah. So many wheels. Yeah. Um but as you can tell from the title, we do actually have a guest on today for the first time in like ages. We have tried um get a few guests on and they've all bailed so thank you for not bailing Eddie O'Shea welcome to the podcast hey how you doing <laughs> yeah very well it's nice how to you? actually be you I'm good thank you good good yeah it's nice to have you on here um it's quite well timed actually given the um your recent success that we will talk about in a minute um <clears throat> but first we always do like an icebreaker question I've kind of thrown out the window for this one because I'm I got bored of it to be honest um <laughs> So I'm going to ask you a different icebreaker question, which is if you could basically ride any track in the world on any bike, what would it be and why? Oh, well, I really want to ride Finland. So yeah. that's, that's, but we just seem to not be able to just get there just yet. Um, <laughs> due, well, due to many reasons, really. But um, I'm really liking my, my Honda at the minute, my Moto3. So I suppose it would be my my Honda at Finland. Okay, good nice. answer. Good answer. Yeah, I really like going mean, to get to Finland. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. It might never happen. I think it's, it's been scrapped. It's, yeah, so. I thought I saw a thing saying the other day, like they'd filed for bankruptcy or something. Yeah, they've run out of money, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. May never happen. Probably because <laughs> they never had a race, you know. Like the Circuit of Wales, Jacob. Oh God, I'm still depressed. Don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's all these um, all these racetracks that it's it's nice ideas, isn't it? Like I think I read something about the Indian GP or something next year. Uh, like all these racetracks that are like coming to fruition, and then like I was surprised Indonesia even went ahead with obviously COVID and all that. Um, so yeah, no, we finally got to Indonesia at least. Um, but yeah, so Eddie, it's nice to have you on. Uh, like we said, very well timed because last weekend you stood on the podium in the, I'm going to say it's wrong, the FIM Junior GP World Championship. I was going to say Chev Moto3 then. It's Chev uh, the Junior GP Moto3 podium last weekend at Hareth. So firstly, a massive congratulations to you for that. Hell yeah. Mm, definitely. Thank you very much. Well, firstly, thank you for having me and then... Um, Secondly, yeah, so in, in Jerez, I went into it not expecting anything. My team just, obviously the goal for this year is just to be there or thereabouts, obviously in the front group. And my goal is pretty much to, to try and prove to my team that um, to try and get another year or another team to try and get another year. So 
obviously that's that's just my aim for this year, just to bag a ride for next year. So I mean, it's this weekend, you know, first, well, I did obviously uh, in the junior GP, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we did three sessions on Thursday, ended up fastest in, in my team, but there's no um, live timing, so I can't see where I was overall. And then I went into Friday, I think it ended Friday 11th. So it was like, yeah, I feel like I have the pace to be in the front group, but every time Rueda came past me in in both Thursday and Friday, it was unbelievable. He's just he's on he's on smoke at the minute, isn't he? He's no one on another like, level. But it's unbelievable because it's like he makes me feel like I, I need to just go home <laughs> because it, it, it overtakes me like I'm standing still, and it's just like, oh, it's not good. Anyway, <laughs> so I went into qualifying. Where did I qualify? 15th? 14th, I was say. Like that. Some, something, I think fifth, it wasn't my best qualifying. Obviously, my best, best was 11th, but two... I feel like it was 14th, um, yeah. It is. So my best, yeah. Was, my best was 9th on the grid. Yeah, it was like 40, I think 15th, I was 14th I think you said, yeah. or 15th. So anyway, it was, it was, that was fine. I, I wasn't over the moon about it. I wasn't down in the dumps about it. It was just, it is what it is. Mm. Then I went into Sunday... And in morning warm-up, I ended sixth. So I had, a, I had a great feeling on the bike in morning warm-up, and it was just like, oh, I'm just going to go for it in the races. But in race one, um, off the start, I had a wheelie. But then I put the wheelie back down, and then it came back up, and it was just the worst start I've ever had in my life. But <laughs> we think the reason for this is because for Jerez, I made the bike a lot shorter. Sure. Like the, we had yeah. it made a shorter wheelbase. But my team was saying... you sh- I don't know why you like that because obviously a red's just loads of fast corners. So it's like a, a more stable, longer bike should be more preferred. But I, I just said, no, make it, it feels too long. Please can you make it shorter? And they obviously they did that and then it was fine. So um, I went into morning warm up, felt good. We changed the brake pads. Um, we hadn't went for a diff, different setup with the brake pads. So um, yeah, then off the line. Um, wheelie because the, obviously the wheelbase is shorter and then we tried to go through how I could not do it again in race two we went through it and the conclusion was just to let the clutch out slower Perfect. oh nice just do that oh, easy I did, oh. I did that and I went and I was going I was going I was going and then it just came up and it slammed down and then I fell back to 20th off the line it was oh, just like no. this is going to be another tough race but in race one it was just it wasn't my head wasn't with it it was just I was sort of settled in a group because the front group was gone, so I was just in the second group, and I was I was I was fine as it was, and I finished fourteenth in race one. And it was just like, yeah, it it is what it is. Um, more points, but it's not. This isn't really this isn't really proving what I need to to do for another year. So mm. in race two, it happened again, and I was like, oh, here we go, here we go again, <laughs> and then I was. I was leading the second group for most of the time and I just, I seen, uh, they put on my pit board plus three and I was like, yeah, I've, I've got that, I've got that. And then they went to, and then I, but it was plus, um, plus three, plus three, plus three and I was like, oh, it's not getting close and I was tempted to just start settling into a groove and not pushing to my limit. Mm. And then I seen plus 2.9 and then that's when it all clicked. That's when it's about right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Then and then the next lap was two point six and then it was just falling like a rocket and I was like, Oh yeah, I've got this and then I caught up and then with with um because I've not got much to lose, I was just like 
and in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just full send, and then I got to second in the group with it. Well, within the matter of what two laps, one, two, one two was, laps, and yeah, it was like it was really just, quick. It was crazy. Yeah, the flash. Then yeah, the final corner. I went to go up the inside of Alonso, and then Almanza just breaks so much later than everyone. Took us wide. Salvador went went up the inside of both of us. And I came out the final corner fifth, and then yeah, so it's crazy. Well, yeah, because yeah. we I don't I have I don't even know what happened on the final corner because they were showing it, they were showing it, and then bam, they cut yeah. to Rueda going across the line. You're like, yeah. it's eleven seconds up. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> even on the highlights, they were showing Rueda crossing the line. Like they didn't show the other yeah. angle. <clears throat> really annoying but then I don't even like and then obviously you crossed the line fourth and there was a bit of obviously confusion with everything that went on and then obviously David Alonso got handed a three second penalty which dropped him from second to 13th mm. it just shows how close it is in that championship for one but then obviously promoted you to the podium um, obviously you didn't get to do a whole part Fermi thing, but like, where uh, describe to me like what it was like, you know, when you received the news that no, 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 you're on the podium, you know, go go and go on the podium. Like, what what was that feeling like, and how did you even get told? Were you just sat in the box or? Oh, it was it was unbelievable. So uh, I I went back to my box and um, after the race, and all the team were around me like clapping, and then they all like put, started patting me on my back, and then I got off my bike and I gave everyone a hug, and then I went back to my box. Went to sit down in my chair to talk about how the bike was and how the race was. And then a guy from Junior GP came running up. He was like, you P3, go, go, go. And then we turned the we turned the screen back on and seen Alonso's bike getting wheeled out. And then we were we were like three or four boxes away from the Park Ferme. So we, we ran there. And I I did have a Park Ferme. And I was oh, with the, I had did. the board. Okay. But they didn't show it. Because I watched the race back and they just they were they were showing the podium, but when yeah. I when they were showing the podium, I was in part Fermi. Oh, so no. it, yeah. So we got weighed, we got all checked out, and then we went to the podium, and then I was stood on the podium. But they were they were speaking they were speaking Spanish. So I was, obviously I was P three on the grit on the on the podium. So I was the first one to walk out. I didn't know what they were saying. I was, I understood. Yeah. I understand Spanish, but it's like. He was speaking, and in the heat of the moment, I didn't know what he was saying. So I didn't know when to walk out. And it was just, I, I couldn't believe it. It's a, English is the international language of racing. So it's, yeah. it, was, it was strange to like, why are you speaking Spanish to me? And then it was, <laughs> it was all over the place. But I, I made it work. And then I kept looking to the right to see when to take my hat off and when to start spraying the, the, the lemonade. Well, here oh, yeah, it goes. no champagne, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you confirmed it. They always say, "Oh, it's fizzy water," and I'm like, "No, it's lemonade, mate." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, like it was. Like I was so happy for you, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a pretty crazy race. Um, and obviously, it's nice for you to come back and you know stand on that podium, especially given that you know in the Rebel Rookies, for example, you know at Mugello, you were battling for the potential podium or at least even a victory. Because in obviously the wet, and then you came what naught point naught naught one one thousandth of a second off of a podium, like what? in the rookies as well. Like, <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling must have been horrendous. What's P three running up to the line? 
So yeah. I came at the final corner fifth. I slipstreamed Rueda and Tachacorn, and I was in third. And I could see I was third. And then I was like, I've got it, I've got it. And then Colin moved across, and then Tachacorn got Colin's slipstream, and then I just, it, we were literally like that, and then he just went bang. As oh, soon as we got to the line, ah. it was unbelievable. Well, my takes on about the three in this, get in. Like, it's like the finest margins physically possible. It's crazy. But <clears throat> it's good as well because you see a lot of riders that, for example, they might perform well in the Rebel Rookies, but then it doesn't translate over to, say, the Junior GP. Um, you know, or riders, they're consistent in one. You know, like obviously you've got Brasley, for example, who's a lot better in the Rookies. Obviously, he's got the Junior GP win, the season opener, but, you know, it's a lot more consistent in the Rookies. David Alonso was a lot more consistent in the Rookies. So... For you to now get this podium, it does build well for a more you know, for a kind of title fight, really. Well, not title fight this year, but next year. Um, and obviously that podium will convert teams' attention towards you. Um, am I right in saying that in the junior talent team, obviously the British talent team, you only get two years, is that right? Or do you get a third? No, it's 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 not necessarily any 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 period of time. It's so we get one year contracts. Um. Well, yeah, we get one year contracts every year, and I, I got brought into the the box last year, and they were like, "We're going to give you another year, but obviously you need to up your game. You need to do this." And I was, and I was, I was dedicated to to getting on the podium this year, and it was. I've been so close in rookies, and I've had so many. Yeah, 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 and then oh no, moments, and it's yeah, it, it is what it is. But this is Tatchcorn's third year in in talent team. Mario okay. Aji had three years in talent team. Okay. Um, but for the Brits, I think every Brit has only had two. But yeah, I don't Max, know about Booth Amos. Max had two. Booth Amos had one, and Scott had, Scott had one, and then went to Aspar under the yeah. Dorner under the talent team. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of a strange <laughs> setup, really. But um, so I wanted to wind it way back. Um, we'll come back obviously to the present day. Um, but I want to kind of find out how you started racing you know what got you into it obviously i know that um you, know, you started in like motocross and you you pretty much went the british route you know you went up through the cool fab championships like and then um on the little mini mini bikes and then you did the british Channel cup and then you did the british Channel cup again and came third overall and then obviously got scouted with the natural progression into the um now what is the junior gp championship but what is it that kind of started you racing how did you get into it my family or they they all like bikes every single every single oh everyone everyone likes bikes my family i've been watching motor gp since i was since i was a little boy and my my cousin um uh, well not my cousin my mum's cousin tried out for the rebel rookies he literally just raced pit bikes Oh right. Um, he raced pit bikes and he got through to the second day of rookie of the tryouts in rookies, and then um, put him. That's fair play, him. Like that's impressive in itself. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, but I I had no idea what it was. I just knew that Jim was off to Spain to go and try out for this Red Bull ride. That's all I knew. And then he came back and everyone was congratulating him. And I went to go and watch him at Stretton Circuit in Leicester little go-kart track and I went there and everyone was congratulating him and he, he was on his pit bike and, and also my, my uncle was there racing his pit bike as well. And um, it was just like a moment of, I, I want to try that. So then we got a, we got a little mini moto, like a Blatter B1 rep and it was, well, that's where it started. Um, 
my sev- just after my seventh birthday, I started racing mini motos. Crazy, seven yeah. years old. In the, in in the um, and I actually started in what was called the NMRRC Championship, which is now known as BMB British Mini Bikes. Okay. Uh, I, ha- I had two or three years, no, two two years racing in that. Then I went to Fab because it, it was a nas- it, because BMB stopped racing mini motos, but I wanted to carry on racing mini motos. Then I went over to Fab, um, raced uh, in mini motos with with many riders now that are in British Talent Cup. So it was it was a tricky year in in mini motos. Then made the route to Metricit fifties, then Metricit seventies, where I finished third in the championship and then i went to well in, in the same year as metric 70s i got selected by dawner to go and race in the british talent cup when it was uh, the same layout as asia talent cup yeah and the next year british talent cup stopped as the the fully funded by dawner and then um i was i spent the first quarter in p2 in the championship then the rest in p1 in the championship and last round my bike broke down i got taken out and it and any P three in that, um, and then Dorna brought me to their to their team over in Junior GP, uh, and also Rubber Rookies Cup. So it's been a it's been a no, pretty normal, um, normal progression. Well, Brit- British, yeah. yeah, but classic British route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I started racing. Well, not racing. I started riding uh, a little. Uh, Yamaha PB50 in well, like when I was three. So I've always I've always remembered riding bikes, but I only started racing when I was seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting one because, like, I remember when you got the obviously the junior GP seat um, after finishing third in the Talent Cup, and like I wasn't like oh what the hell, but I was I was a bit like, like you know, because obviously Corey Tinker for example finished ahead of you and other riders. So I'm just wondering, like, what made Dorna choose you over, say, the guys that finished higher in the championship than when you? Was it just because you'd led, you were like P1 for most of the year, and then obviously got taken out? And what do you think it was that made them choose you? So I was in the first year of Talent Cup. I was always last, like dead last. I was 12 years old. I was this 35 kilo little boy. And I was I was always finishing last, and I had thirteen kilos of weight on my bike, and it was just it was a it was a not a dog to ride, but it was I, I couldn't control it. It was unbelievable. Mm. Then going into the the second year of Talent Cup, I started the test P two, and it was just I think the progression that I showed from from going from where some people might have a bad mindset to to being like battling for the championship, it was a it was a big step and. Um, so, also, the people that beat me, um, Frank Borm won the championship, then Charlie Farrell was Peter. Charlie Farrell was 18 years old, and it was his fourth year racing in okay. in, in in the NSF championship. Yeah. Then Frank, Frank it was Frank Borm's third year. So, in, in hindsight, they should have beat me. And then, in fourth was Harvey Claridge. It was his third year. In fifth, it was KC. So, I was the, I was the youngest and the most least experienced rider in the top five. Well, obviously KC was fifth. Yeah. But I think his his inconsistency and obviously he he was known as either win it or bin it. KC mm. every time either won a race or he crashed out. So, yeah. it 
in my opinion, it was between me and Casey um, because we were the youngest and the most least experienced and sort of the most unexpected. Everyone expected Franco and Charlie and Harvey to be battling for the championship, but I think a few people wouldn't have put my name down to win the championship. So yeah. I think that, that did me a small favour. Oh, did you? It's, I mean, a small favour is a bit of an understatement, to be fair, you know, especially for that progression to come from, yeah, 21st overall to third, you know, I think because that's the thing. A lot of people think that you know the rebel rookies and stuff is just about results, and you know, but there is a lot more to it. Obviously, like you've said, like for example, when with the rookies cup, they do look for riders' ability to improve. Um, you know how dedicated you are to racing, including like training and things like that. How good you are with media and stuff like that. Um, I'm assuming, and then that obviously will just translate over to the British Channel teams and things like that, because um, obviously they are looking for the best of the best. But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it, it was yeah. a. What was the transition like from riding in Britain over to obviously riding in the Junior GP and obviously the um, the Rebel Rookies tracks? Because now I'm not. I'm not criticizing i'm not i promise you i'm not but i heard a lot of talk from people that you're bigging yourself up which you should at the end of the day if you're if you're trying to you know race the championship you're gonna big yourself up of course and then i think maybe for you this is just me speaking looking into you obviously you can give me some insight and stuff um it was maybe a bit of a baptism of fire for you <laughs> when you stepped onto the obviously that because the level is so high in the rookies and junior gp especially compared to the uk for example so yeah what was that transition like moving from the uk over into europe on against the best riders in europe oh it was unbelievable the step from britain to to the moto 3 junior world championship it was like it it definitely humbles people like one hundred percent. It's like <laughs> sit down. Um, it's it's crazy. But in in talent cup, I was I was I was quite a quiet kid. Mm. I never I never really I was because in Britain, many yeah. riders go out after after like the qualifying sessions and they they ride the bikes around the paddock together. And yeah. I was just used to always sit in my motorhome and. Just be with my family, and I was I was always known as a like a not I never went out. Yeah. Same in in junior GP, I always just sit in my truck. But it definitely humbles you <laughs> if you've got any sort of arrogance to you or any sort of <laughs> if you go there and you're not within the top fifteen, it's like take us like take a seat. Yeah, like, people just say like what like what are you doing here? Or many 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 people have told me that. Um, European Talent Cup should have should have been the step for me from Talent Cup to to well to Junior GP. Yeah, and in in the first year, I'd I'd say I agree because I am um, battling for the last to not be last. Battling to, to not be last is such a it takes a big hit mentally and it's it's yeah. not good. But I'd, it's just going from I don't know why, but every time I finish a year in a bad way. I always go into the next year with just a mindset of what am I doing? Why why am I not battling for like first? So it's always happened. I always have one good year, one bad year, one good year, one bad year. So it's it's not good as a as a racer, obviously, because if if you go into Moto three and have a bad year, it's like the hate you must get is unbelievable. Because in Junior GP, I'm I'm not a very well known character. 
Yeah. But if you're finishing last in, no matter what position you're finishing in Moto3, you're a known rider. So if you're having a bad year in that, it's I can't imagine what, what it must feel like to to have. Um, but I feel like everyone, no matter what, deserves a second year in, in any championship. Mm. Yeah, because at the end of the day, your first year is literally like, well, it's your rookie year, isn't it? It's the year where you learn everything and um, and get to grips with everything. And especially for you, because obviously you race a standard Honda in obviously the UK with the British Channel Cup. And then you moved over to the Honda, the bigger one, the RW, is it? Um, you know, which is a yeah. bigger Honda. And then you obviously you were riding the KTM as well and the Red Bull Rookies, which... Um, last year wasn't obviously it has been upgraded this year because last year you you know you only had like the single front brake and things like that it was a very bone stock whereas this year it's a bit more closer to the Grand Prix like the you know you'll see like Jamie Messier and stuff ride and obviously the guys in the Junior GP as well so you know for you to then you know it's all tracks you've never raced as well you know you've obviously spent your time in England and stuff like that and then to come over and then have to learn the tracks against riders you know obviously because last year for example in the Chevrolet 3 you know you're against you know Daniel Holgado or Taylor Munoz Salvador you know Alonso Rueda who've been riding these tracks since they were kids for years you know so then the expectation for you to then come in and hit the same level is it's I can imagine it's (laughs) yeah obviously the step between like but with Spanish kids, if they've never come and raced in, in Spain, it's I feel like it's a lot more similar to Spain and Italy mm. because British tracks, we don't have runoff. We just have grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. The the step between British tracks and the feeling, the feeling with the tyre is, is so much different because the tracks are so such a better, like a, well, they're just better. It's It's crazy. So to go from like Brands Hatch, which was my final round at, uh, British Talent Cup to then do a test in Montmelo, Catalonia. It was like night crazy. and day. Yeah, genuinely, just like night and day. Mad. I mean, what what's your favourite track that you've raced so far? Because obviously, you get to do quite a lot, even ones that aren't on the Grand Prix calendar, like the Estoril and stuff like that. And um, so, what's your what's your favourite track that you've raced so far? Favorite track is. Um, Jerez. No, no, no. <laughs> I wonder why. No, no uh, Jerez is actually... Uh, I'm not a fan of fast corners, so Jerez isn't, isn't up there. But saying that, my favourite track is Saxon Ring. Um, yeah. yeah. But my, I much prefer lefts than rights. So Jerez is... Um, Saxon Ring is obviously left, 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 yeah. left. So, And I don't... Last year, in uh, I had my best result there, and I just felt so much confident, so much more confident. It was my first time in the front group in the well, the junior world championship or rookies. So it was a it was a big step uh, sex ring last year. But I also like Mugello. tracks that are just not so like common. And but sex ring is like a obviously a, such a tiny track. Mugello is it's got like a corkscrew, but tracks that are they've got a difference like Portimao. I like Portimao. Probably at Sax, because nobody says Sax rings their favorite track apart from Mark Marquez. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I've been told that it's, but I, it's just. I don't. I, I just gelled with it straight off the bat. It was my first time in the front group and in qualifying. I was. I was in the right in the right group to be in qualifying, and I got my best qualifying of thirteenth. So, 
I'd, I'd be happy with that now. So it's 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 good. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, like thirteenth doesn't see like to anybody. You're like, oh, thirteenth, that's terrible. But in meta three, it's nothing really, is it? Like you can make yeah. it up, make it up positions. That's so that's easy. usually less than a second from pole. Yeah, especially in rookies because there's such much slower bikes than the Moto three, the the rookies bike. So if you just get any sort of slipstream with the front group, that's it. You're there. So it's a lot easier to qualifying is not such a big factor in in rookies but then I've, I feel like in Moto3 it's, it's a big deal but then you obviously go back and watch Acosta from last year and it's like oh so it doesn't really mean that much yeah it's <laughs> no. a weird one it is a weird one with qualifying because like you said it, it it depends on the track as well like and if Raider's racing or not because he just clears off at the front doesn't he <laughs> that's it yeah, he's crazy this year I don't even know because obviously he was alright last year he was good last year he got podium and stuff like that but this year is obviously Vieja in the rookies is his only real competitor this year. There's only 10 points between them. Then in the uh, Junior World Championship, he's nearly got double the points of Salvador in second place yeah. already. How, how old is he? Do you know how old he is? 17? Yeah, 17. So, so he is able to go up to Moto3 next yes. year. Yeah, if, if he, he is. If, if he wins the championship this year, he can go up. Yeah, it's why he's in the rookies. They put him in the rookies this year to give him an extra chance of getting the dispensation yeah. for next year. Um, I'm just trying to do the maths here. So you've got five junior GP races left. So Rareda can actually... I think Rareda might be able to win the championship next round. Porto He can win the championship at Porto Just trying to work... It. I wouldn't trust his maths, honestly. <laughs> Hold on. So he's got... I'm going to work it out quickly. Whilst we're here, 153 minus 82... He's uh -oh. got a 71 point lead. No, he can't win. Wait, I think he might be. Oh, he has to leave. No, he'd have to leave uh, Portimao with a 100 point gap. So he could leave with a 96 point lead, but not 100. But he can oh. win it. He can win at Mazzano. Yeah. Mental. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's an insane lead. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. He's what... just untouchable. He shouldn't be there next year, hundred percent not. I don't think he will. But he'll be in the World Championship next year. There's no doubt because if he wins, obviously Junior GP and the rookies, then he'll have a dispensation anyway. Yeah, I think he was signing them. Yeah, well, they're not there, but I think obviously Aspar are looking around. Um. He's not going to struggle to find a team, is he? At the end of the day, but there's a few riders that will go up. Yeah. Um, what I'm thinking, Eddie, as well with you, obviously, because you've had a massive step this year, and obviously you say, obviously you go back through your career, and you are right. You know, you have one tough year and then a really good year the year after. What is it that you think that has contributed to you? You know, having such a good year this year. You know, because it's 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 all right to say. You know, you know, you've gone from maybe like. So you've gone, you're not just like, you know, made a little step of, you know, being mid-pack to the, the front. Like, you were like dead last to yeah. getting podiums now and fighting for the podium. Like, what is it that you think that has kind of pushed you that far? Is it is it the, you know, the Dorna program that you're in under now or is it just mindset change or? I think a big part of it is mindset change. If if you believe you can or believe you can't, most of the time you're you're normally right. Um, so it's it was a battle of 
of if I feel like I can do it or not. And um, I've I've just gone into the season with uh, with a mindset of I was looking at the, the names on the list and I can beat you, I can beat you, and it's just a meant. But last year I'd look at the the list and see Moreira and think, oh no, but it's just I feel like it's just a step of why 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 are you beating me? So. Yeah. But also, I feel like I do quite well under pressure because mm. this year is a, a make it or break it year, really, isn't it? Oh yeah. If I was doing the same results as I was last year, I would I would be back in back in the in the British paddock. Um, same with Talent Cup. Well, Talent Cup, um, I feel like I could have had another year, but it was just a it was a again another make it or break it year. Mm. Um, so it's just some say that I um. Well, yeah, it's the pressure that, because it's now or never, really, isn't it? And if I was to look back and think, if I just pushed and trained that little bit harder, then then I, where could I have been? Well, you just yeah, give 100%, kind of. Yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's easy to say that, but at least it goes that way. At least it goes the way of you perform under pressure rather than crumbling. So, you know. Yeah. That's the way you want it to yeah. be, really, if you had to choose. Yeah, and you you mentioned the whole, of the, you know, the European Talent Cup thing as well, but it's actually kind of worked out in your favour not going there because obviously you've proven that you've got the pace to battle the front in the June GP anyway. With the new rule changes anyway, it would have it would have affected you as well because you're 15 now and then next year, actually next, like next year, you would still be able to step up. But, you know, it, it's a case of, you are, I think, no, I think you're like bang on the limit for each class, so you're all right. But, you know, riders like, for example, like Casey O'Gorman, who realistically could be fighting at the top in the junior GP, obviously now has to wait next year. I don't even think he can just step up next year, can he? No, uh, Casey's, well, most people are stuck for for this year, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think Casey can do it next year, and I think Maximo can't do it the year after either. Unless he wins the title, because <laughs> then he's you actually get the champion. You, don't you? I, th- I think it's it's I think it's no I think it's really because he's already won the championship I think he's got to do I think this he's got year, to do it again another <laughs> no. year another year <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely think it's a, yeah I think that's oh never <laughs> and, and also I would have been on the limit of every year so last year I was 14 the agent was 14 this year it's 15 I'm 15 next year's 16 and I'll be 16 yeah so you, you've got lucky I'd be the youngest age for three years in a row yeah, you've done all right. But then it's a case of then you've got, you know, if you do want to step up to the World Championship, you know, which obviously the way you're going now with your progression, you know, you can make it. It's a case of if you don't win the championship, not next year, but the year after, then you've got to wait another year. So that like you could be in junior GP, not like you'll be in GP next year. You'll be in junior GP the year after that and potentially the year after that. If you don't win yeah. it, yeah. It's another three years, yeah. Well, you'll be 16 start of next year. You'll be 17 the start of the year after. And that's when you're going and then to Yeah, you'll be 18 the year, year after that, that, so then you can. You'll, you'll be in GGP like four years. Yeah, so I've got this year, which is my second year, and another year, then another year. So I'd have to do four years before I can make a step. And there's nothing I can do to change that. But I thought, mm. I thought you got dispensation of a year if you won the title. I think in 2023... No matter what, you have to be 18. Ah, really? All right. 
Yeah, apart apart from Alonso, I think Alonso can go up at any age from now. Because he had the way because cards. he's yeah. I, I uh, still he, I still thought there was dispensation. I think there is this year. Mm. If if someone was to win it this year at sixteen, and then there would be seventeen next year. So obviously next year is eighteen. Mm. But if if they won it at sixteen in junior GP, then they could go up at seventeen. But then. The year after that, no matter what, you have to be 18. In all classes. Mental. <laughs> like, yeah. so many riders are going to be sat and twiddling their thumbs. Like, what happens? You can have, like, three-time junior GP champions and stuff like that. Well, like, how, yeah, it's... Sorry, crazy. like, how old was Acosta when he joined Moto3? 16. 16. Yeah. You're going to miss out on that kind of, I don't know, crazy special... People like coming Munoz, along every, every now and then. Like, yeah. Having Munoz is 16, you know. Mm. Realistically, like, I'm hoping it doesn't happen to anyone, but realistically, you could have three really brilliant years of winning Chev and have one Badger and not go up to Moto3 Mo when mm. you're 18. Yeah, so... It, but for me, I think the, the biggest um, the difference is the British, is the British Talent Cup. Because I moved up at 12 to British Talent Cup, so I was... I finished uh, fab when I was 11. Mm. No, 12. I finished fab when I was 12. Mm. And I was like, done with fab. It was, I if I didn't... But now, British Talent Cup's 14. So what I... Because I know kids that are in it now. Like, um, I, there's a guy called... There's a kid called Marco Holt, who's... And Ethan Sparks, and they're, they're smashing it. And they're 10 and 11. Mm. So they've got they've got to come to Spain... They they've got no other choice than to come to Spain and race Moto Fives and Moto Fours, get any sort of track time before Talent Cup. So, it's I feel like that's the biggest step. Yeah, it's it's mad really. Like, like I get it, you know, because like, it's something that I have talked about quite a lot. Because I'm 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 quite against it, you know. Like I think there or there needs to be some exemptions, you know, because the amount of riders, you know, like Jorge Lorenzo made his debut at 15 years old on his birthday, you know, and you've got riders like that that can, you know, the, the, there should be some exceptions, you know, David Munoz, for example, Pedro Costa, you know, these riders that are there, there are riders who are a bit older who, like Xavi Artigas, for example, who was 18 when he made his, um, when they made the step up, you know, there are some older riders and it will help other riders. But then when you're looking at bringing through talent, like you said, you've got to, you've got to push people to like motor five. And if families can't afford that, you know, cause it's a big commitment to put your kid. If you're going to put your kid over in Europe, you're going to want, want to put them in the European talent cup. You're not going to want to put them on a motor five and e superbike, are you? You know? Because I would have had no chance of being able to afford doing motor five and motor fours when I was racing in fab. So no. there will be some kids that do race in motor four and motor five that, when they when they are fourteen and they do come to Talent Cup, we'll have such a bigger, like a they'll be so much more experienced on the Dunlop tires and on the bigger bikes mm. and on the bigger tracks and it's just it's just crazy to think that because I was twelve and I felt ready well maybe not quite ready to move up but I was I was quite old to to move up like to be in Fab at twelve to race the Metrics is quite like the limit of being on the older side so. It's it's crazy to think that they've got to wait until they're fourteen before they can move up. Yeah, it is mad. Like, and is this like purely for safety reasons or what? Like, I know a lot of the the world champion 
chip like yeah, age so limits was, was... obviously there was a lot of fatalities last year yeah. and I feel like they had to do something mm. and, yeah that's what they said this is the they, they definitely they had to do something so mm. if if this helps then well we'll see by statistics yeah they literally yeah. Think... have to be seen doing something you couldn't just stand by well, and do it because I'm going to be controversial now and say that it, it it's not to help the um, it's not to help riders. You know, yeah, they'll be a bit more experienced when they come into these classes and things like that. But it's to stop the headlines of a kid under the age of 18 dying in MotoGP, or a kid under the age of X dying in this championship. You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, this is what and I thought, he's just completely like, like, that. He's yeah. not saying a word. Yeah, you know, the tragedies—that's that's fully me, by the way. That's my opinion. So. Yeah, fair. Like, because I mean, a lot of the tragedies that we had over the last year, a couple of years, I can't help but think that if you know the riders that sadly were involved, if they had been eighteen, the outcome wouldn't have been any different. You know, and that last year was fifteen money. I know, and no, was, nineteen, nineteen. Sorry, oh, was he? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the thing could have been me thirty-five. Now, it still would have been horrific. You know? Yeah, the, the thing it's, for me now though is, um, as you say, like we're right left to go to Moto Five and Moto Four. I think riders with a bit less money are going to fall through the net now. That's going to be a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely for British riders. Obviously, the Spanish riders are still going to continue with the Moto Four and Moto Five route, but. Genuinely, we would not have been able to afford going to Moto Four and Moto Five. And if 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 I was if I grew up how the the rules are now, I think things may have turned out a bit different. Yeah, it's the same from you know because I I get that it's it's a a rich man's sport. I say in inverted commas, and the fact that you know it costs money to go racing, and mm-hmm. not everybody could do it. Like if I wanted to go racing as a kid, there's no chance. My family could. There's no way in hell my family could have yeah, even afforded same. a bike to put me on. Full stop. You know, never mind like a three hundred grand. You know, junior GPC. You know, and it will issues like, for example, Casey O'Gorman this year has had issues even at the start of the season before the season even started. Of being able to afford the, they tried to get a junior GP seat, couldn't afford it. There was the rule limit change anyway, um, which meant that he had to go to the Talent Cup because he was 14. So he couldn't actually step into the uh, junior GP anyway because the limit's now 15 in the class. Um, but, you know, he has struggled and he's been crowdfunding his whole entire season he's got to go around Europe he's got to do obviously he's with the vision track squad as well which does help but it's not going to take the full burden of traveling between races and mm. for regular families it will if they're now their kid he's ready to step up or she are ready to step up to the world championship say at the age of 16 and they've got to spend two more years now like Harrison Vought for example now has got two more years in junior GP like you know, 300k a season. It's sustainable, isn't it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And he definitely had the right timing, I feel. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Sorry, carry on. So, I've, I've been very privileged with the, with the age rule because obviously I've just been... I've always been the youngest you can possibly be, which I feel like is is a good thing. Yeah. Because I've had experience. I've already had experience. And... I'm still the youngest you can be. So, but I feel like it's it's 
because there's it's this rule change has pushed many riders on. If it stayed as it was, I feel like obviously people like Josh Watley would still be in um, Junior GP. I don't think Zonta would be in Moto Two, but maybe his height would have would have maybe pushed He'd him. He'd probably but, maybe done Chev Moto Two Zonta. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe. But it's just because now that they can they could move up at sixteen, or they could come to Junior GP and do like two more years there, or they could just go to Moto Three now, do two learning years. Then mm. by the time they're eighteen, that's the youngest you can be. So they've already had two years of world championship under the belt, but they're still the youngest you can be. So it's yeah. a it's a win and win or lose situation, really. It's why so many riders are getting wild cards. It's, you know, it's why um, obviously David Alonso got did the Mazzano last year. It's why he's had the odd wild card now. Roeda, it's why he did um, Valencia last year because Roeda can ride. You know, even if even if for whatever reason he breaks his leg now and doesn't finish the season, he can step up next year because he did Valencia last year with Grassini. So he has got because the rule I think is you know if you haven't already made a Grand Prix start, yeah. So we're gonna see a lot of riders making you know wild cards just for the sake of getting them that thing. Like I would expect to see you know Filippo Ferroli make a wild card if either one of the Aspar boys can't ride or maybe Ricardas. If he's 16, I'm not sure if he is. I think he's still 15. Um, he's only just know, 15, Bakira, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's too young. Yeah, he's fast, though, isn't he? <laughs> Jesus. That's the thing. A guy like Bakira, he's now going to wait three years and he's already really like, give him another year. He's he, he's there, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, he is yeah. stupidly fast. Yeah. But then you, you get riders. I think uh, David Munoz was always going to step up anyway. Guy was on rails last year but you know and and he's only 16 but yeah there have been riders like Joshua Watley who have had to step up a year early because I again I've said it from day one Joshua Watley needed another year in the CV or in the junior GP but it is anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is what it is <laughs> yeah so Britain doesn't have that much because of the infrastructure so people get pushed like like yourself, like yeah, like, yeah. I, like I I don't mean it horribly, but I didn't think you were ready for Moto Three. I thought Talon Cup would have been a better route for you. But yeah, absolutely, to have a year of learning the tracks. But mm. I th- I feel like overall, if 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 I could go back now and change it, I don't think I would no. because mm. it's it's like a I'm I'm now with the with the front pack. I've I've got a podium to my name. And it's it's how would it have che- how would it have been if this would have been my first year on the Moto Three? Yeah, I don't think and, you would be talking at this point if you yeah. So so this this route that I was wishing I went for for ETC, I think overall it's turned out better that I did a year in Moto Three. Yeah, because you've gained a whole year of experience on riders that maybe haven't. Because then then you're looking, you'd be like Casey Gorman who. I think he made a wild card last year in uh, Valencia and was like 10th or something stupid like that. Um, or was running in 10th. I can't remember if, if, he, if he finished the race or not. But, you know, he was he looked really good even on the Moto3 stage. Um, so for like you, yeah, definitely going straight in. Like, yeah, it was a tough year for you, obviously, because you were running dead last. Um, but it helped you, you know, learn the bikes, learn the tracks, learn the opposition. and. You know, now you are a much more obviously complete article. Um, do you think that 
you know, because you've had obviously the riders, for example, like um, Munoz, Otola, Holgado, Kelso, Ogden, Alonso, and all that step up. Do you think that that has made? Do you think that's helped the class? Because obviously, you've all will have gained positions because of that naturally. But do you think that even without those gone, the level of class has improved? And do you think that? I know you're going to say yes to this anyway, but do you think that, you know, you've improved to the level, like, so your level now, do you think you could be battling with those guys last year now? That's what I'm trying to say, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so this year, um, well, last year was a massive learning year for me, like crazy, obviously, the tracks, the bike, but also the rear brake in Britain, we never get taught taught how to use the rear brake all it is is we know that it's to slow you down so to have to go into the junior championship and we get told it's not to slow you down it's to help you turn mid-corner it's like a massive step and you have to learn that and last year i only i only used it on the left corners because every time i used it on the right corners i'd lock up the rear because i didn't i didn't know the pressure that i was putting Mm. and one time in Valencia, I put too much pressure in on the right corner in the race behind Zonta, and I, it locked up the rear tire, and I broke my my shoulder blade. So after that, I just didn't use it on the right. So, but to answer your question, it's I feel I think we're running the same race pace. Yes, it is similar. Yeah, most, mm-hmm. most races, it's yeah, it's either fast in rookies, it's it's quite it's faster now in rookies. Yeah, it is. It's there or there about. Yeah, yeah. Like but in junior GP, I, I think it's yeah. I think in in junior GP, it's it's very similar. Both of them, I think they're both very similar. So, in looking looking back to see the riders that I was racing against, like Holgado and Ortola, I'd like to say, well, I think no, I think I wouldn't be able to stay with them. But looking at my race pace from this year and their race pace from last year, it's just it the the maths. Say yes. I was on paper. I would be able to keep with them, but mentally, they're just such strong riders. I don't know whether I would stay with them or yeah. not. But you can do it. There's no reason you yeah. couldn't. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But in in um my Jerez race, I, I every person I overtook, I didn't think that they were faster than me. But if I was to then, if people like Holgado and that would come back, would I? be thinking oh i can't overtake you here because you're stronger it's but it's it's just the british mentality of these spanish kids have raced here longer they're faster than me Mm. i need to chill out a bit british are very defeatist yeah yeah (laughs) i think really your only real benchmark to last year is obviously david salvador because he's part of that crowd really he is part of that crowd um he shouldn't even really be there anyway um <laughs> you did beat him at Haref, so <laughs> so yeah. you know, there is that benchmark. I, I think it'd be a case of you wouldn't think you could do it until you do it, and then you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, exactly." As, as soon as yeah, so in my going back to my Haref race again, I, I have overtook almost the whole grid, and they haven't overtook me back. <laughs> so now it's my my confidence is is like. I feel I will now go into like free practices and see, say I'm in P7 and I see a riders above me. I'll be thinking, why? Why are they above me? So, to for me, Hered was very, very good, but not not because I got on the podium. Because if it all turned out all right, I wouldn't have been on the podium. So it's 
but I'm talking about Alonso because obviously I finished I finished the race fourth. So it's for me, it's still I've still not quite got an actual podium on on statistics. Yeah, I, I have got one third, but for me, I've still not got that feeling of like you've not going yeah, on track I've been on the thing. podium. Yeah, and cross yeah. the line third sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I, I'm still waiting for that, and obviously this weekend's. No, next weekend's Portimao. So I've I've got nothing to, to lose. I'm I think I'm twelfth in the championship right now. And yeah, you are, yeah. Um, uh, to get in the top ten is is better than I, th- I thought I'd ever be last year. Mm. So and to have so much bad luck come with that also with well maybe not so much bad luck in junior GP. I've just had so I've made so many mistakes. I crashed out of the, the front group in Valencia and Many crashes, many mistakes, and so to be to be there or thereabouts and near the top ten, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, and it's it's all like a learning process, and like even like because you know you look at the junior GP and you're like, oh, oh I'm, I'm twelve. That's you know it, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but like, oh, it could be better. But then you've got Colin Vire in in tenth. You know, he was second in the yeah. Rebel Rookies. You know, and and he he's fast in junior GP he's also. Rapid, just... yeah. Yeah, he's had he's had some amazing races, and then he's had some really well. well he not, won race really one, bad, didn't he? But, exactly, but yeah. in in Valencia, in Valencia, he was battling for like fifteenth, but not due to any other reason other than he he just I don't think he was quite with it, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's so strange to see that because in rookies, Colin is it's it's Colin and Rueda really. Yeah. Oh yeah, when when, when, yeah. They, when they overtake you, when they overtake you, it's like right go. Yeah. Then in in CV it's with Colin if he'll either clear off from you, or he'll you'll overtake him and he'll drop back. So it's it's that one percent, uh, isn't it? It's that one percent that makes a yeah. difference between being on the podium or or struggling way back. It's exactly. crazy. I think the encouraging thing as well is that obviously where you've only just got to the top, like got stood on the podium, you're still nowhere near the limit. Hmm. Because Rueda showed that Rueda shows us where the limit is, and he's. He, he, to be fair, if I could have him in the, if I could have him in the championship again next year, I would have him, um, because he's he's just setting a benchmark. He's making all of us look silly, even though we've got second and third. He's like no one cares because like everyone's just everyone's just like we need that kid in first. But yeah. if, if he wasn't there, if he wasn't there. Would be. It would be like, oh, he's quick, he's quick, but it's he's sat us all down, really, hasn't he? He's really humbled us, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the thing is, it's quite funny actually that because Rueda's won every race bar three, and the S really was second. Valencia got fourth, then first, and at Jerez he got second, then a first, and that second was behind Colin Vaya of all people yeah. as well. Exactly, um, he was tenth in the championship. Yeah, which is crazy to think that a guy who's because he he gained up to twenty five points from that. He's now sat on 41. So he had like 13 points. He was like down in like 20th before that win. Yeah. But it's crazy because he's fast. Oh, he's yeah. super quick. And it, it, it's strange to see how a rider can be so good in the Rebel Rookies and then not as good in the Junior GP and vice versa. And like, yeah, the bikes are a little bit different, but it's still the same rider. It's still the same guy under the helmet. It's still the same rider yeah, as he's racing against absolutely. as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, do you, like, obviously with the Honda, or, like, I get that you're a team Asia, British talent team, etc. 
Do you get the like shared data with like Monlau, etc.? Or is it just between talent teams? No. We we don't we don't have data from any any of the teams. I have the data from Mario, Mario IG, Agura. Agura's oh, nice. uh, a common person who I compare my data with. We sometimes have Mino. Um, but me- it's it's mainly Agura because obviously he was in talent team last year. But I think we also get it handed down from Honda Team Asia. Okay, makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's good though. Like, not, well, it's not good for you to not be able to see Raiders um, thing. But it's like, yeah, they are the same bike. Uh-huh. Obviously, you're both riding a Honda. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> you're both riding a Honda on paper. But um, it's just weird to see how that he can, obviously on the identical bikes, that he can extract so much more exactly. from the bike. Yeah, like, like yeah, it would be the interesting thing to see where he's gaining. Yeah, exactly. Like, how is he doing it? But we have, in Jerez, we had data from Agura for a 44.5, which is all-time lap record, but it yeah. was a private test with talent team. So it isn't the all-time lap record. but. Yeah. It's like through the final sector, we've seen the data and my line was here and his line was like a centimetre on the laptop above mine. And it's just oh. like, how on earth can you do the final sector that much? Like, because I'm going into the final, like the last two corners, the, like the last two rides, thinking like I'm on the limit. And then I'm going back to seeing my data and seeing is like <laughs> 10 kilometres faster than me. And it's like, oh, what? so <laughs> much further to go. Uh, that's why he's being yeah. touted for a MotoGP ride though, no? I think that is the... Where he's at. I guess yeah, if you can reach that level, you're doing good. Yeah. Crazy though. <laughs> no, but a 44.5 is, is crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's actually I think ridiculous. the all-time record of 44.9 is the official all-time record now. I think it is a sub-45. Rapid. Rodrigo, 2019, 2020. You know that off the top of the dome, then I'm actually... Um, <laughs> that's kind of his like, job in a way a, a, 40, <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. a, a sub 45 I'm sure it is because I'm sure it was mentioned um, all time yeah, black record definitely... is Andrea Mino 44.9 well oh, yeah. right. 44.9 yeah that's stupid fast though but then, then, then what did you say that yeah, Agura got they... a 44.5 was it yeah <laughs> I was comparing my Jeez. data with a 44.5 Obscene. Obviously, in a private test, it doesn't count on the official time. Yeah. But then, like, what yeah, can you yeah, do yeah. from yeah. that? What can you do from that? You know, you see, you said you could see through the final sector that he was well, like ten kilometers faster, or whatever. Like, how can you then look at that and go, okay, I know where I? How do you convert um, that data just, into changing what you do to improving? Like, that's the bit that gets me. I think it's best mentally because right. For me, I was going into turn 11 thinking I was on the limit. Obviously, I'm going back and seeing he's so much faster. And it, it, it sits you down again. It's like, sure. right, what, what, what am I doing? I'm getting, not scared, but I'm thinking I'm on the limit. But it's not the doing limit. Some, doing something slow. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's like, right, I've got it. But the he... he he gets all his speed from the exit of turn 10. Right. So he he's just so fast in turn 10 and then he carries it all through the last sector. Yeah. That Mizano, isn't it? It's just yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. So you can yeah. Momentum, exactly. yeah. carry that through a bit. Yeah, yeah but the, like, the fact you know how what he's doing, you know how to achieve it. Yeah, exactly. Passing mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. 
the crazy um, thing. Oh, it's carry on, carry on. Yeah, he, he doesn't even break because well, I don't break either. But it's like he's going so much faster, and he's not even touching, not even the rear brake a little bit. Because <laughs> if I was going that fast, no, I'd be breaking into the, into the, like, into the right, <laughs> the final right to her ass. Yeah. And he's not wow. Yes. So he goes, he goes, he clicks fifth, and then just drops it in, and he's doing crazy speeds. Oh, that's outrageous. That's him. That's, that's that is genuinely impressive. Yeah, Fair, isn't it? He, he breaks in turn nine. Obviously, the the first of the right, like the the slow rights, yeah. then through turn ten he doesn't break, eleven doesn't break, twelve doesn't break, and then the final corner he breaks. Oof. Well, like if you're ten k slower, well. it makes sense to not break, but to, yeah. to do not touch it, not being ten k quicker, that's exactly that's it was. It was crazy because. Oh, in, in the Thursday and Friday, I was comparing with Mario and I was getting closer and closer and closer and closer to Mario. Mm-hmm. And I finally got there. Then, then Fabry, my, my crew chief, said, right, now now then, we're, <laughs> we're going to change to Agura. I don't want you to be scared. And we changed to Agura. Bang! It was like, what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, was it can be intimidating seeing the data, can't it? Yeah, exactly. You just have to exactly. translate it. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't compare Mike and uh, Data to Agura until I was round about the same as Mario, purely for the reason of I, it wasn't to to intimidate me. Mm. Well, we wouldn't be on the same yeah. page, would you? Yeah, handy to have like such a fast time because I mean, obviously you said forty four five, and to compare on the same track via on that qualifying qualified, obviously in pole with a forty six five. And obviously, which you're... is still insanely fast. Yeah. yeah, which is still rapid, and it's still two full seconds off of a girl's time. And obviously, yeah. you qualified in thirteenth with a forty-seven-six. And then, yeah. like for you, obviously, that's like on the limit. And then the fact that like a girl can go three seconds faster than that, <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and like even like to take that even further, like you go into the um, the Moto Two Championship. That time would have qualified him in 13th place on the Moto 2 Jeff Grid. Yeah. That is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bonkers. Again, it's a bunch of Kalexes. Obviously, it's lighter, so it does carry speed, but then obviously, you've got the long back straight. Blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah. And for you, does that, is that daunting for you to know that, you know, these world championship riders are at that level and then. For you, because I remember when we had Sean Dylan Kelly on the podcast ages ago, and he he'd only ever exclusively ridden in America, and then he came, he got to do the Red Bull Rookies, and he was going down the Haref back straight for the first time, and he started breaking at his. Um, it's a really, really good. I'll I'll clip it now. Actually, I'll put his little thing in now. <laughs> if I have one vivid, uh, one super vivid memory of my first time on the rookies cup bike i was i think i had just turned 13 years old hmm. i had never ridden that i had never ridden a motor three bike period <laughs> right. i had never been at jerez Come i was on. tripping i was i'm sorry for my words i was tripping balls pretty much <laughs> and oh, I, I remember i remember going down the straightaway at the back of jerez and as i'm about to start getting on the brakes to get Keep, listen to this closely. I'm about to start getting on the brakes, and yeah. Raul Fernandez comes by me on the Moto Three bike on the outside of me, still tucked in. Oh my! And he word. starts braking like like 50 feet in front of me, no like <laughs> on the curb on that bike. And I'm like, that's what I have to do. This is next level. level. That is the like, level. 
And, and I was like, wow, like that's what I'm going to have to do. So yeah. it was a really, really big wake up call for me. And so, you know, Sean Deli Kelly, obviously he's basically, he's gone in and he's going down the back street at her Started breaking and Ralph Fernandez comes back in past him full tuck still yeah. and breaks like 200 meters down the road. So, so for you to see that that's what these world championship riders do and that is the level, does that scare you a little bit? Yes, no, it, it's just like, it's really good to see where the level is, to see how much how much further you've still got to go before you can even nearly say that you, you are capable of winning, well, fighting for the, the championship, the world championship. But yeah, your story with Sean, with Sean, I had a similar one with Diogo in, <laughs> um, in, in term five in, uh, in Portimao, in rookies, the Rebel Rookies test, my first time in, in Europe. And then he came past me, like, bolt sideways, and I was still, like, upright, like, trying to find my apex, and he's just, like, gone past me, like, 15 kilometers an hour faster, and it was just, like, wow. Yeah. That's where you need like, to be. You're sat there, yeah, like, how exactly. the hell do I do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moreira's always you sideways, must... though, isn't he? Always. He's always <laughs> on his always side. Just, yeah. One that likes to back it in. Yeah, definitely. Style. Yeah. Can't wait to yeah. see him on a Moto2 Great break. Great to watch. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Well, didn't he, he won the Spanish, the other week, it was like the other week, he won the Spanish, like he, he won the World Championship Moto race and then he's just going to won the Spanish one and then Alberto Sura has just gone and won the Italian one mm. in the Super Motos as well. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, what? The road race is a better off-road. It's scary. Yeah, I didn't know about Sura. I know about the other two, but I didn't know about Sura. Yeah, Sura's he's pretty handy off road. To be fair, he's he's always doing well at the ranch. You know when Rossi has his little um things where he gets like every rider to come along. Yeah, yeah. he's always yeah. there. I think Moreira got on the podium that race, like in the. It the... was on pole. It was on pole. Wasn't yeah, that's right. Yeah, he got pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hundred... second. Yeah, the 100 kilometers of the ranch thing yeah. that Rossi does, and Marrera gets pole. <laughs> Wild. He was relatively unknown at that point as well, because he still was in the World Championship at that point. Yeah, he was still a Meta 3 rookie. Hmm. Still is now, but you know what I mean? Like, he never made a race. Hmm. And then he was <laughs> Rossi at his own ranch. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he ain't going to get invited back this year, is he? <laughs> oh. You know what happens when you beat Rossi? Yeah, it's <laughs> not, he's not going to get an invite back. So. Uh... <clears throat> But, but yeah, so it's just I don't know. It's just interesting to see that, like how how do you process that? You know, for like a rider like Moreira to fly past you that much faster than you, and you're like shit. You know, I've got to hit that level. How do you process that in your head and kind of eventually arrive at that level? Like what what are the steps you go through to, you know, because you gotta you're going through there going like right, this is my limit, and then you see Moreira do that, and you're like. How do you push that limit and that uh, that box wider so that you can eventually do the same as Marrera? For me, I I I didn't. <laughs> I spent the first season. I spent the first season letting Marrera do that. Okay. And then this season, it's I don't know. I I can just follow it. I don't. For me, it's 
the first season, people can pass me and, and I, I try and follow, then they go. And the second season, I'm like, what am I playing at? And then I can follow everyone. I don't know what changes or what clicks. It's just in the winter, I always get this feeling that I need to train so hard and I'm going to become the best version of myself I could possibly be. Yeah. Then I go into the season feeling feeling that I can beat everyone. But it's mm. just the first season of seeing big names that you've heard of mm. for many years. Then you're racing against them. Because obviously I was racing... Um, I know about Holgado because he was racing with Max... Um, and obviously, I, I live with Max, so it's it's to be racing against big names that I've I've been watching when I was watching Max, when I was watching well people like Holgado, and then I'm racing against them. It's like how can I be that fast? And then as soon as they leave the championship, it's right. This is my year. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, like like they've left the boots to fill, yeah, yeah. and I'm gonna fill them, kind of thing. Yeah, I think the thing is at any but level. Like no matter what you do racing, you you see someone do it visually, you know it's possible. Like whether you're yeah. at the back of like a Thundersport race exactly. or World Championship. Exactly. It's the same with data. I, I know that's not visually, but it's visually it's it's visually possible because I can see it mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah, you know it can be done. Like even it's hard yeah. to get there, but because you know it can be done and yeah. you know, oh well, I've got to do it now. Exactly. I think it's just making sure you keep things like the data and people passing you and stuff, keeping that as a motivator and not letting it, you know, beat you down and being like, Jesus Christ, like that's yeah, another level that I definitely. need to find. Just being like, okay, I know, like, yeah, like I say, just keeping it a motivator and that's the main thing. And it's clearly working for you. You're getting yeah. there. So just keep mindset. motivated. Yeah, mindset. Well, we see it with, you know, guys like Vinales and all that. It's so much of it's in the mind. So racing is ninety nine percent between the head. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. There's nothing between your yeah, ears, I, but I, whatever. I definitely think yeah, so. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> I think racing is one of the most mentally not challenging, but uh, I don't know how to put it. Like you need your your mentality side of it more than most sports. If if your head's not in it, then you're not in it. Yeah. Yeah, you got no chance. I mean, yeah. Do you do anything specifically to help you mentally with it? Because obviously, obviously, a lot of riders these days are using like, you know, rider coaches and things like that. Is there anything you specifically are doing to help with the mentality, or is it just a case of, I don't know, just getting along with it? You know, <laughs> biting your gum shield and getting on with it. No, for for me, I feel like um, now, obviously, I've I was. In Jerez, it was my first time battling for the podium, and and now actually know I physically can not beat everyone, but I can be faster than them, and I can do this and I can do that. But for me, I've I've not so, like um, solidified my my place of being a front running rider until I show it again in Portimao. Because for me to go from I know I started the season with a ninth, then I was like eleventh, then like fifteenth. So I was I was always around. Ninth and fifteenth, and then to go straight to a third, I many people will be saying, "Oh, it's fluky. It's this. Yeah. The the front the front group is messing each other up." So I now need to continue on this. This I can be, I can be fighting for the win. Well, win depending on whether a waiter goes or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, 
that's it's, it's the biggest part of um of this year for me is now continuing on this last year people come past me knowing they could beat me and I, I want to be known as um hard to beat hard to like when people are overtaking me I want them to think not like a oh it's it's an easy overtake yeah. so yeah and I think that's I know David Munoz is getting a lot of stick for being an aggressive rider and all of this. From me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's saying he's... No, definitely. No, I agree, because his race at uh, Assen, it was, like, it was never making that in, in, in any any year. No. <laughs> With any tyre, he was not making that. No. Um, but it's just... I can guarantee every rider on that track doesn't want to overtake him. Yeah. And, True, yeah. And, and, That's a good point. I know it's not... I know it's isn't it's not good to watch and it's not good to be known as the person who takes everyone out and hits everyone. Mm. But nobody wants to overtake him. And surely that's where you want to be as a rider. Yeah. He's getting a lot of stick, but for me that it's not where I, I don't want to be in his boots. I don't want to be known for taking people <laughs> the guy out. Guy takes all everyone out, Sasha but, Ring and all that. <laughs> but to to be a rider that just gets overtaken like you're standing still, it's a big hit. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. a and just to be known as a rider that is safe and no, just lets you overtake them. Like... No, but you've got people like Lunetta who you'll be here and they will still try and push you in. And Munoz was the worst for it. When If you could be here and he'd let the brakes off and just turn in on you, it doesn't matter if anyone was making the corner. Yeah. But it made everyone just think, I don't want to overtake you, I'm just going to wait. And then mm. if it comes, it comes. And as a rider, I think that's that's the best place to be. Yeah, Max Biaggi yeah. used to do that in the two fifties all the time. Yeah, just let the break off. Yeah, and gonna... if you hit him, yeah, hit yeah. Him. people get so much stick for it, but it's where I want to be. Yeah, you want to be. If that makes sense. Yeah, because like you said, you want to be. Want to be you know, For example. When you said like you looked up to Marrera as being the wow, you know, you want riders to look up to you as being the wow, like exactly, and and to see overtakes and make overtakes where there's not even room, mm. and it's like, how did you even do that? I want to be the person who people say, how did you do that? Yeah. Like when Harrison Voigt overtook three people, oh, yeah. everyone knows Harrison. Yeah, Harrison is known as the best overtaker in rookies, and tell me a better compliment than being the best overtaker. That was an insane overtake there. Like, yeah. yeah, but it was just everyone was... The front group was just chillaxed and yeah. it was... They weren't doing a crazy race pace. And then I spoke to Harrison about it and he was just like... He, he didn't know why anyone was going slow. So we just went to overtake <laughs> one person, then he went to overtake two, and then he just ended uh-huh. up overtaking them all. Oh, yeah. Fair one there, whatever. So go for it. Why? He didn't mean to. <laughs> he didn't mean to. <laughs> That's even better, the fact that it was like an insane overtaking. He didn't even really mean to do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, that's mental. Fair play to him. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, so... you, you want to be the kind of person who someone thinks twice if you've overtaken them before biting back, kind of. Exactly. Because that's exactly. why you're most vulnerable, is after you've just overtaken someone. Yeah. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah, like, mid because, like, so you got to try and like time your moments a lot of the time. Obviously, Munoz just goes for it and just grabs ends it. Yeah. And you kind of want to be that as well. You don't want to... You want to be the rider that... When riders are ahead of you, they, they're going to be like looking over their shoulder every two minutes. Like, oh, is he going to get me now? Is yeah. he going to get me now? Because Munoz will yeah. just send it up the inside of you, you know. Exactly. And you you're kinda... always worried. And yeah. if, if in racing, if you've not got anything to think about, 
it's so much easier. But when you've got Munoz behind you, yeah. you've, you've already got the advantage. Yeah, yeah. If, if if someone's in first, say someone I don't know, someone who's not known for being like major, majorly strong mentally, who like a Vinales. Odia, because <laughs> yeah, Vinales, yeah. It, it's, say Vinales was in first, and you've got someone like. Munoz behind you, knowing they were going to overtake any second. Yeah, you'd be in every corner looking about, and it's just yeah. one more thing to think about when you've got an aggressive rider behind you. Yeah, it's, it's all mental. Scared riders make, scared riders make yeah. mistakes. It's like Bagnaia, yeah. you know, when when yeah. he's got Marquez on his tail and he decks it, or when Rossi decked it as a pang because Marquez took a chunk out of him, and then yeah. you know, as soon as he hit T one, he's like, "Crap, I got Marquez behind me." He hits T one, bang, goes down. Yeah, exactly, an advantage already. Or you've even made the move. This yeah, makes so yeah. much sense, but of course, execute yeah. it's the hard part. Yeah, but to be to go from for me as last year being the weakest rider on the grid to to gain the the title of being an aggressive rider and well not aggressive but just being a stronger rider mm-hmm. is is difficult. So that's that's what I want to try and gain. Nice. Eddie O'Shea, David Munoz 2.0. Headline from Portimo. Eddie O'Shea snaps it into everyone. (laughs) It's it's difficult to explain, but um, I don't want to be like Munoz. I want to be my own little thing, my own little aggressive rider. A clean Munoz. Like a rocket, like... Like a little Pedroza. Yeah, yeah, just like Pedroza, who would overtake anyone, but smoothly and nicely executed. Yeah. And... But not not overly aggressive. <laughs> yeah. What Danny was good at was standing it up so you couldn't overtake him back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You just get back soon. So, where do you see yourself going from here? Obviously, you've got five rounds left of the Junior GP already, or five races left. You've got six races left of the Rebel Rookies. What are you planning? Obviously, you want to improve, but what's your aim now? Are you, you know, are you? Because you're with this podium now, your goals will have changed slightly, or maybe even significantly. You know, are you aiming to maybe win your first race this year in either of the championships, or maybe both? Um, and obviously, you're looking to try and find a ride for next year. So, is it just a case of building on this, or you know, have you got have you got your goals set even higher now? Well, in rookies, definitely, I feel like a win is on the table. If if the group stays with Rueda, if if we do. Uh, if together, if we do a smart first three laps and not let the way to go, then then I've got a good chance of winning and definitely a podium. I feel like I'm if I'm going to get my first legit podium, I feel like it will be in rookies. Uh, but in in junior worlds, my goal is like mainly to cement a, a ride for next year, and ideally, again with talent team would would be perfect. Um, but any team in the junior GP is is good. But for me. I like the Honda, so I'd like to stay on a Honda, um, and I'd like to prove that I can fight for the championship next year in rookies. And I feel like that's my my only way of getting a third year in rookies is if I prove that I can fight for the championship next year mm-hmm. um, and become the first British champion. Yeah, I don't think we've had a because obviously riders like Brad Ray, Tara McKenzie, and obviously Rory yeah. and stuff have done well in there and have won races. But the yeah, we've never had a British champ. It's mainly been Italian and Spanish. With that is actually riders. quite mad. We've had some yeah. talent come through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Kemp was it? Oh no! Was, oh yeah, didn't he win it? Hold on, I don't I've think Danny Kemp won it. Did he? 
I have a feeling he did. I have a feeling. He was in it, though. He was um, in it, but I don't think he won it. Well, then I'm going back. I've I don't got... think he won. No, I, I, I don't think he won it. Now. I think he won races, but I don't think he won the entire thing. Yeah. Rory and Brad got quite close. Yeah, Rory so did remember, really remember, well. And he yeah, was second. I remember. Yeah, to who? Uh, Jake Garnier. That was that year, Garnier. wasn't it? Yeah. J.D. Beach won it, obviously, a few years before that as well. Weird, though, isn't it, to think that Jake Garnier won a Rebel Rookies Championship. <laughs> yeah. An American. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously J.D. Beach won one as well. Yeah. Is Nuts. Strange one. That's actually um, hilarious. Yeah. When you think about it, like... <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't know where their careers what have gone. Kanye go to, what did Kanye do after? He went to the CV Motor 2 yeah, oh. with Matty yeah. Schultz, yeah. Then then back to America. Yeah, then when all money failed yeah. for one of the better words. Back yeah, to right. America, yeah. Yeah, he literally went rookies, Motor 2, back to America. I don't know why he went. And then obviously came back and did... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he was with Matty Schultz. I think they were on Kalexes as well. It's, um, it's not... It, back then, it wasn't like... But... Yeah. I've got... Yeah, because he was on the... wasn't even... I don't even know what that is. I've got a photo here of him with Roma Ramos. Oh, that'd be an AGR then. Yeah, look, there you go. Oh, promo racing he was with. Interesting. Harris for him, very interesting. But um, yeah, that was very back. But yeah, obviously Jake's doing well now and obviously JD Beach is um, not even race, racing on the road now. He's on the flat trackers. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, you could you could be the first British one. Um, obviously, you've just got to keep pushing. I think a lot of them now, obviously next year in the rookies, you know, I can't see Rueda via being there. Pekeras maybe... Yeah, I think Picasso stays. Too, he's very young. Lanetta, Lanetta's done two years already. It's, I think it's Lanetta's third year. Well, if, if, it, it is his third year, yeah. If they make the step, year. then we could potentially have two British riders fighting for the title. Oh, Casey. Yeah, Casey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Casey's well, Irish. Casey's Irish. 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 Oh, he'll, he'll yeah. take him. It's fine. <laughs> Farioli, Farioli, Farioli as well. I think he could make a step up to the World Championship. Um, Yeah. I think I think he could go to Moto Three next year, but it's, it's strange how he hasn't done any wild cards yet. I feel like he. I don't think he's ready. Is he, is is he, he, no, he's he. But neither was Lunetta when he went to Aston. Yeah, neither was just. Um, what's the face? Sorry to cut you off. Um, Alonso, David Alonso's not ready. Well, yeah, yeah, but I feel like it's just to, just to dip your toes in, just to see how far you actually are away. Mm. Yeah. Um, and just to have. One round under your belt is maybe Mizano. Quite good. Italian, maybe an Italian wildcard yeah, or something. Because no, we're racing in Mizano. Oh yeah, of course you are. Yeah. You're at Mizano. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he's he's Farrell is seventeen at the moment. He'll be eighteen next April. So he yeah. might he might miss the boat. He might miss the boat. But he's sixteen he, now. He's seventeen now. Um, uh, but he'll be eighteen yeah, yeah. in April. Yeah, but um. A lot of riders like Brasserie, he won't be in the rookies next year, but he's he's like 22 now, isn't he? 21, yeah. 21, yeah, he's, he's old for the rookies. But I feel like if if Agura does go to GP, then Mario will go to Moto 2, yeah. and then Tachikon maybe to... That would be the yeah, sensible. 
They wanted to put in oh, who's the Japanese one who was your teammate last year? Matsuyama. That's it. They were trying to put him in there, but he just didn't. I don't think he showed the level, did he? Is that right? He he was he he was my roommate. He was unbelievably fast, but he had like no no. Well, he obviously had so much skill, but he was just bravery. He was just bravery. He was so fast, just alone, and he he just high side all the time. Every yes, crash was a high side. Yeah, he he went through nine helmets last year. And he, it was, but he was fast. He was so fast. Yeah. And then he had he had a few wild cards, and he just not, he just bottled it a little bit. Mm. My team was saying, my team was saying they were going to take him to motor three, and he was just like on the limiter down the straight. Like he he changed gear too late, and he was just making so many mistakes. And the yeah. the week he had a wild card in Montmelo. I was Obviously about to weekend, say this. I was about to say this. What you're about to the say? Weekend, the weekend before, we were in. Or after, no, the weekend before, we were in Montmelo, yes. and he was like a second faster <laughs> in in CEV than he was in in Motor Three on the same bike and same condition. On a better bike. On on a better bike. Oh yeah, it was a new one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there was like a couple of, only a couple of degrees difference, which isn't a second on yeah. track. No, but obviously everyone was faster. Like the whole race was faster in Moto, mm. in Moto Three, but it was just Takuma who had the wild card. Who was just yeah, his belt went flower. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. And that, I think like because I was saying, but um, when when I was watching it, they were showing him because he he was just out spinning laps alone in like FP two, and he looked yeah. nervous. Like or his body yeah. language on the bike, he was literally upright and tense. Mm. Yeah, and they even pointed out on comms, and I was like, "Yes, like." So, random question as well. Obviously, you mentioned before that you you live in England, don't you? Yeah. So, how does that work? Because like most riders, obviously, when they go obviously into the junior GP and obviously the rookies, they go to Spain and they live in Spain just because it's you know uh, for training and things like that, training purposes. A lot of them will just go to Spain because. You know, obviously, Scotty lived in Valencia. He still lives there. Josh lives... I can't remember where Josh lives. But even, like, last few years, they lived there as well. So, how does that work for you, given that, obviously, you're in the UK and it's always raining here and all that? And, like, obviously... Because you must be on a plane all the time. Yeah, so I basically live in an airport. Um, <laughs> but I, I still go to school. Uh, of course, I've, yeah. got, I've, I've got my... G- well, I've just had my mocks, which I have I'm in year 10 now and it's the summer holidays now. So I'm going into year 11 next year to do my GCSEs. So oh, that's, that's, that's one main reason that I'm living in the UK. It's, a f- it's far cheaper. I don't think we'd have the budget to go and live out in Spain. So um, we, we, we can't go and live out there just yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, you said about Josh Watley. He, he li- you said he lives in Spain but he did last year. This year he lives back in England. He he come oh. back to his, he come come back home, um, just because he do he did better mentally. Right. Okay. He was better in he was better in England than he was out in Spain. Right. Um, he was missing home a lot, and it was just. But me also, I I, I finished because last year I had a seven week stint out here, and uh. Then I came, I wanted to come home after like the fifth week because you know when you go on a holiday for like two weeks yeah. and like, you're ready to come home, 
Imagine doing seven weeks on that holiday. And I know it's not a holiday. It's so different. But it's just, you can't wait to get in your own bed. It's, it's such a... Familiarity, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It's, to come home, it's, it, it's good. I feel like it's better mentally for me to come home. And my teammates obviously live in Spain. Um, they go home in November. They come here in March, go home in November. And it's just like, that can't be good for your head. No way. I, I really wouldn't like it. I mean, so you're still in school, like you said. So are you like, are you homeschooled or are you do, do you go to like a regular school and like... Yeah, yeah. I go to a regular school. So, I go to... Yeah, I, I actually go to the same school that um, Taryn and Taylor went to because they oh, live in the same village oh, as right. me. So that we in the engineering classroom, they've made this little like statue thing, and I've brought one of my helmets in, and Taylor brought one of his helmets in. So there's now like two helmets in the engineering room in That's in cool. our school, which is quite cool. That is cool. Like, right. how does Imagine that how cool work? you would have been in school if you were a chair writer. <laughs> my <laughs> God! Oh yeah, I write. It was like Ollie Bayliss, wasn't it, when he uh, turned up at his prom on his race bike? Yeah. Did he really? Like, yeah, he turned up. I'll send you the video uh, after this. Yeah, he um, he turned up at prom. I think I think he's, I think either it was just him on it or his girlfriend was sat on the back. And yeah, he pulled in, rolled round on his Ducati, and then like parked up. I was like, that is that's cool. Sick. Obviously, like, it was a superbike winner at that time because mm-hmm. he, he was yeah, on the SBK. Yeah. Um. Like, how does that work? Because obviously, you're doing school, but like. Obviously, if you're in Spain doing races, you know, on say a Thursday, Friday, how does that work? Like, because you're missing a lot of school. Do they like? Is it are you, basically what I'm trying to say is like, you know, legally you have to go to school. You know, you can't pull your kid out for a week to go to Spain, kind of thing. How does that work with school and racing? Is it is it because it's a career path? They're okay with it, or how does it work? Yeah. So for me, my school is really good with it. My attendance is actually a hundred percent. Um, oh. So they count it as outdoor education. Because it could be my job. Um, so that's how I do that. But literally, I, I fly back on the sun in, in Jerez. Uh, obviously, I finished racing on Sunday. I then went to the Vision Track box to go and get Carter Brown. Uh, and then me and Carter Brown and his dad went to the straight, we went straight to the airport. We flew home. Nine o'clock that night, and I was in school Monday morning. Wild! Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> like do nothing that. Nothing ever I happened. I would not want to go to school on Monday morning <laughs> after crazy. just arguing. And then, and then, because on the way home from school is my gym, so I go from school to the gym, and then I go back home, and then obviously sleep, and then repeat. Oh my Wild. god! You must have been the coolest kid in school on that uh, Monday morning, though. And you're walking like, oh yeah, I just got a podium yesterday. <laughs> No one really, not no one knows, but no one really, I think people just think I go and race bikes in like the fields or, yeah. Yeah. They, they just, uh, obviously they all see my Instagram, but I don't think they really understand. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I, I, I let that be because then it's like, I don't want to be the kid who's like, oh, I race motorbikes in, in Europe. But yeah. In school, I'm not, I'm not overly well known. Um, it's just, uh. Because also I'm not in I'm not in school enough to sort of have like bestest friends that you go out in in like the town every night and so I'm always in and out and I've got my little friendship group and we don't talk about it and like a few of them play for Burton Football Club and we just don't talk about it we just 
go to school, like normal kids, and then when we go back to what we're doing. That's what you want, isn't it? Normality. Yeah, because, you know, because I guess, yeah, that's what you want because you don't want to be going out and you come back and, oh, yeah, I'm still Eddie O'Shea, the motorbike racer. You go back and you're you're Eddie O'Shea. Your mates don't give a shit about what you do. You're just, to to them, you're just Eddie. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just Ed. Just Ed. And then when I go back abroad, I'm back Eddie. Because everyone in, in school calls me Ed and my family call me Ed. And then to go back abroad and be called like Eddie O'Shea yeah. is it's, it's cool. Hmm. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I actually, for the first time, like, because obviously I put it on my Instagram, my podium, and people congratulated me. Like, like kids were actually coming up to me and saying, like, oh, I've seen you got a podium. That's, that's sick. No like, good job. And for the first time, I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, it, it meant a lot to, yeah. for them to. Cool. I've got one mate. I've got one mate who watches all my races, okay. and this race he was he was uh, flying to France, so he missed he missed this race. Oh. Um, it was the only race he missed. So, uh, yeah. This is on YouTube, and he can like watch it back. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, man! That's pretty cool, though. Like, yeah, because I I kind of look back, you know, like when I was in school forever ago. I'm like, oh, it have been so cool to be like a bike racer whilst in school and that, but you're like living the dream for me, I think. Well, I mean, I, I literally <laughs> raced, for me, it's... like literally not even national mm-hmm. championships and everybody was like, oh, thanks. I don't know how you're going away but with it. For me, it's so nice to come back to normality, <laughs> just to just go back to school, do your English exam, go out of school, go to the gym, go and have dinner with my mum and then go to sleep. And then obviously I'm going to Porto Mayo this weekend, and then it's all back to mayhem again. That's chaos. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like for you, it must be nice because, like I said, you do need that. It's like, you know, say, a big celebrity, for example, to have that kind of, I don't know, like Michael Jackson coming home and it's just his mates or whatever who don't really <laughs> give a crap. You know, uh, that kind of thing. I don't know what I'm getting at, but you know, it must be nice to just choose Michael Jackson. Hmm. I don't know his first major celebrity I could think of on top of the day. Why is that? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nah, you're making it weird now. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just baffles me that you're literally like still in school. Like, and I'm like, and you, yet you're like racing bikes around the world. I like, obviously, you guys are mad young, but a lot of them do kind of forgo their education for it as well. Yeah, they will yeah. drop out of school just to race bikes. Yeah, there's I know so many riders that dropped out of school to 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 do what we're doing. But obviously, uh, Scott is is just how I want to. Scott did his GCSEs. I think he did them early. I think mm. he did them in January. Yeah. Because he just wanted to get them done before the season. This was in the the Talent Cup season of 2019, mm. and I remember him doing them before everyone else. And I was thinking, yeah, uh, that's that's where I want to be. Just get them done, and then that's it. Worry about your racing. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, last thing you want to be doing is, you know, going, going around Amazon, and you go like, oh, crap, what's that maths thing again? Uh... <laughs> no, but in Talent Cup, because there were so many riders, uh, Scott's age in 2019, um, that would miss the Friday and come in on Saturday, they'd race on the Saturday for the first time because they had a GCSE on Friday. No way. Wow. Genuinely. Insane, yeah, no. Because you can't yeah, avoid really. education in Britain. It's not like Spain; they are not relaxed about it. Like in Britain, you can't avoid school, so just exactly. get it done, and and then it's out of the way, you know. Yeah, 
and it's it's obviously one of the biggest reasons that I'm I'm living here is to to get my school work done. Yeah, good. Nice. Yeah, I mean, if for whatever reason you know this racing stuff doesn't work out, what is it you are studying for? What is it you want to do if if for example it doesn't happen? Well, I'm taking engineering. Uh, obviously, I, I do all the core subjects, and then I take engineering, and then media. I take media as well, so. Um, which is like Photoshop and all of that. So, yeah. but for me, it's, it's either like an engineer or or like a Sparky and make my own business and then get like earn good money and then have a a child and then have enough money to to do it all again. <laughs> me part two. Yeah, nice. that's like so many planning parents. that is. <laughs> yeah, You're every and racing enough, father ever. Yeah. yeah, enough money to to let my kid live do it. vicariously through your children. Yeah. <laughs> well, what type of dad would you be though? Would you be the one on the sidelines shouting at him to go faster or just sit back? No, I'd have little like this means like overtake, like scratch my nose, it means overtake. If I rub my ear, it means go back. <laughs> like just stood in the middle. Yeah. No, no, but obviously if, if my kid doesn't want to race, then it's, it'll be better for me financially. So totally. I'll just get my own bikes. Nobody ever became yeah, rich on not? racing bikes. Yeah, just go uh, yeah. racing Thundersport, whatever. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, I think that's all we've got time for, unless Jacob and Cameron have anything more. Oh, pretty much covered everything for me. Mm-hmm. It has been nearly two hours, so thank you, Eddie, for nearly two hours of your time. On this sunny me. Saturday. Thank you yeah, so much. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, I feel quite My bad. Family's actually having a barbecue. Oh. I'm going to go downstairs, yeah, yeah and go, go straight to the barbecue. I feel quite bad now. Why are you chatting to us? Why are you talking to us? you got a barbecue on and you're talking to us. Yeah. What are your priorities, man? Yeah. If I was a chair rider and there was a barbecue downstairs, I wouldn't be speaking to the idiots, i got to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't leave a flipping egg. But I'd yeah. Go downstairs and get a burger down me. Yeah. yeah, don't blame you. Don't blame you. No, you're not meant to say that. You're meant to say a salad. You're a racer. A salad. Yeah, salad. <laughs> That's salad. it. Salad. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> nice one. Well, um, yeah, it's been nice to have you on the podcast, Eddie. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you on again at some point and we can discuss all the race wins you've got coming in and all the trophies cool. and the silverware and stuff. But yeah, it's been really nice to have you on. Thank you for your time. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Best of luck. Well, um, yeah. Best of luck. Thank you. Well, signing off on this podcast. I hope everybody's enjoyed listening to the podcast and we're back next weekend with um, maybe another guest. I don't know yet. We'll work it out. Peace. Bye.